0: In episode 508 with Gabby Bernstein, we are talking about parenting, the choice to show our children online or not, the transition from maiden to mother, comparisonitis, and so much more. And become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Hey, beautiful, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited about this conversation because I have the beautiful Gabby Bernstein back on the show for a short express conversation. But it was so much fun. Even though it was short, it was so much fun. I love connecting with her and we got to chat before and after and she's just such a light in this world. And for those of you that have never heard of Gabby, for more than 16 years, she has been transforming lives, including her own. She is a number one New York Times bestselling author and has penned nine books. And as you will hear in this episode, she is currently writing her 10th book and for the first time ever ever, ever, ever online, she shares the title of that book, which is so exciting. So make sure you listen all the way through to hear the title of her next book. I'm so excited about it. Her 10th book, 10th book. I mean, what an amazing human being. Now, she was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader. And the New York Times identifies Gabby as a new role model. She also has her weekly podcast, Dear Gabby, where she offers up real-time coaching, straight talk, and conversations about personal growth and spirituality. From the very beginning, she was hosting intimate conversations with 20 people in her New York City apartment. She has grown to speaking to tens of thousands in sold-out venues throughout the world. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this beautiful conversation with the incredible Gabby Bernstein. And before we kick off, everything that we mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 508. Now let's bring on the beautiful Gabby Bernstein. Gabby Bernstein. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited to have you back here again. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning?
1: Oh, this is a bad Gabby breakfast. Running out the door, I had a coffee with a nut pod, which I don't know if you have that out there in Australia. And it's like a really good creamy nut milk. And I had a random half of a bar that was still in the refrigerator from a week ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know what? Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. I was rushing. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is your second time on the show. You were on episode 355 and that was titled, Start Doing What You've Been Dreaming Of, which I loved that conversation so much and everyone loved it. So thank you. And thank you for coming back. And something I wanted to really dive deep with you today. Like, I feel like with you, over the evolution of you and your business, you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you keep committing to this internal work. And a lot of people ask me, and I'm sure you get this as well, is like, what is the internal work? And how do I do it? And why do I need to do it?
1: Well, I have been on a devotional path inward for. 17 years, really probably my whole life, but I got sober at at, at 25, 17 years ago. And that was the catalyst for my deep dive inward. And then when I was 36, I uncovered some traumatic memories from my childhood, which were another bottoming out, I suppose, but it was also actually more of a breaking through. And at that stage, I just knew I had to keep going deeper and deeper inward. And the depths with which I'm willing to go are the Direct reflection of my success in life personally, first, and of course, in my family, in my world, in my career, in whatever form of the ways that I show up. And I don't think that we can have a sense of freedom in our body, in our nervous system, unless we're brave enough to do that inner work. And for me, the inner work is deep therapy two times a week. I do different types of somatic therapies. I do EMDR therapy. And now I'm trained in internal family systems therapy. And I'm a student of my life. So I'm always welcoming whatever personal surprises present themselves because it's just another opportunity for me to grow. And I really mean that. I really, really mean that. Do you feel like we're ever done with the work? No, but I think it definitely gets easier. Mm. Yeah. I think the more you, you turn inward, the more you know where to turn when the shit hits the fan. Yes, absolutely.
0: And it's very easy for people to kind of look at you and think very successful businesswoman and beautiful family. I want to go really deep here. Like, how do you manage the two? Because like really personally right now for me, my daughter's almost two. And this is the biggest struggle in my life is like, how do I dance between the two as elegantly as I possibly can without tipping into that overwhelm, that stress,
1: those old patterns? Well, I will tell you this. When your daughter gets into school of some form, I imagine she's home a lot right now, right? So that, so that, that tether is still there. That pull is still there. They're in your presence, in your space. But what I will tell you just from an experience standpoint, when they go to school, my kid's in school now. He's four years old. He's in school till five o'clock at night. He's, you know, 8, forty five 45 a.m. to 5 p.m. You know, when the balance becomes real, it doesn't mean that you don't have a tremendous amount of responsibility being a parent. But the day-to-day, am I working or am I with my kid, question mark, starts to change. But the most valuable advice I could give you is to learn more about positive discipline. And that's something that I am getting trained in. It's similar to a Montessori model, where it's really about empowering a child to have agency and to have decision-making skills, and to have resilience, and to really give them the opportunity to have their feelings be the highest priority. And you start that. You can start that as at, at two. You can start that younger, and it's a communication, it's a way of communicating with your little people. And you're going to roll into the next year where three becomes the biggest nightmare. So good luck to you. And I would really re- recommend, you know, d- diving into some of the the work of um, the positive discipline work or whatever work you decide to choose. I love the work of Dr. Dan Siegel, of Dr. Becky, of Dr. Aliza. There's so many amazing resources out there. And just, just you know, I've, I've just devoured it and I use it and it works. So, you know, I write self-help books. So guess what? Turns out it works for parents too. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I've really noticed that with you. Like you've
0: been stepping into more of the parenting, like I think you're on a panel with a whole bunch of parenting experts coming up and And I've really noticed that with you, yeah, you're just really embodying everything that you're learning and there is so much out there because, I mean, we're not taught this stuff. This is one of those areas where you learn on the go with parenting. And something that I'm curious about with you is like you've definitely made this decision to not share your child or much of like your relationship or your personal life online. Now, was this a very conscious decision that you made way before he even came or was it when he was born did you think no i definitely don't want to share him like tell us about this process cuz i really want to dive deep into this cuz i get asked from so many people cuz i don't share my daughter on social media and i get asked a lot they're like i want to but i don't want to because for me it's like i want to because She's the light of my life, but then I don't, you know, but of course I would love to, you know, do it, but it's not, I don't think it's my place to do that. And it just, something within me is like, no, don't, but it's a big decision for a lot of people. So I'm curious how you and your husband came to that decision for you guys and what advice
1: do you have for people? Yeah. Well, I came to the decision my husband's not really online, so it was a of course he would have come to the table with his interpretation of what he thought was the right idea, but at the end of the day, I decided for us that I will not be putting our son out into the world in a public way because he didn't ask to be out in the world in a public way. He didn't he didn't say, Mom, you know, I wanna be seen by a million people today. That wasn't something that he signed up for. And I think that you always, I like that you said, I asked myself, you know, like really asking yourself why, what's the why? Okay. You want to share your beautiful child with your friends, create a Snapchat account with your friends or create a private Instagram story that you share with your friends or a private page on social media. But those folks, and listen, some of my dearest friends are out there flaunting their children and they believe that that's a really good thing. I'd just have a different opinion. I think It's dangerous. I think it's disrespectful. Listen, you know, i've had these I've had these conversations with my friends even on live podcasts, right? People that do this, and then I don't. And so there's no judgment. I just genuinely believe there's a lot more harm than good. And your kid is so vulnerable in these early years. And God, I could go, I could write a book about this. one, the, the the danger of of the internet, two, the respect of a human. right. So it's like, I wouldn't just, like, take a picture of you randomly and then just plaster it all over my social media. You'd be, like, asking your friends, like, can I post this, you know? And so why would and, – and those are people that have already chosen to have a presence online, right? So why would you do that to your child of all people? And uh, they didn't ask for it. Mm.
0: Do you feel like maybe if he got to, like, 10 and was like, hey, mom, I want to be on, you would, like, reevaluate that? I would probably say
1: you can use social media on your own terms, but I'm not going to share you in my world because, you know, if a, if you're a public figure in any form, you put your children at risk by sharing their likeness online. Mm, mm. And they are. They're so light. And I get it. Like so many of my friends share
0: their kids and I love it because I love seeing them. They're so beautiful. And I love I love the p- photos they post and the things. I think it's adorable. For me, it just, yeah, my husband's a lot more relaxed. He's like, you know, whatever you decide, will do. But he kind of felt quite neutral about it. And I really feel like, yeah, this conversation needs to be had because yeah. there's no tools on it. There's no books on it. Like we haven't yeah. got the data, you know, You know, from we don't have the
1: data. We don't. You're correct. And the other thing also is it's like, you know, a lot of people do do it for the wrong reasons. It's like baby clickbait. And I think it's more so that and it's very well intentioned, wonderful moms and dads, right? Particularly moms that have such good intentions. And I think there's probably a lot of moms listening that are like feeling ashamed if I'm saying all this and I don't want to be shaming anyone. I'm just giving my my choice. This is my choice.
0: Yeah, And we all have that opportunity to make that choice for ourselves and for our family. And We have to tune in to what feels right and true for us. And yeah, we can't do it because everyone else is doing it or because we want to do it for, the, for a different reason. We have to do it because it feels really right and true for us. And yeah. yeah, I like the idea of like creating, you know, if you want to share photos, like you could create a, a separate account or something like that. And One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this today is because not only do I get asked a lot about it because I've chosen not to do it. So people do come to me and they'll ask my opinion, but also because I respect you so much and I respect how you have navigated this and not in a judgmental way toward anyone. It's just, yeah, you saying what feels right and true for you. And I think that is inspiration for any area of our life. Like what you did was you came in and you said, this doesn't feel right and true for me. And so that's what I'm going to do. And if we could do that with our relationships and with our business and all of these different areas, it will ripple out into all those areas. So we, you know, it starts with these decisions like whether we're going to share our child
1: or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it does start with those decisions. I think you're right. And I think that I think that in all areas we have to decide how we want to be in the world and who we want to be in the world. And who we are and what we put out is all a energetic frequency. And it's always reflecting back to us more of what we want or more of what we don't want. And, you know, to, to so much of it's also intention, right? So if someone's out there and they're posting their child with the intention of just like, just genuine love, right? It'll probably be a lot safer and more aligned for the kid and the whole thing. Whereas if it's that baby clickbait, it might, end up being a different thing, right? So I think that there's a lot of different approaches to that.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious, do you, how is your relationship with social media? Do you feel like it's like something you love? Do you feel like
1: it's, you know, what's your relationship with it? Well, I love social media because I use it as a tool to carry a message. And I've never wanted to be an influencer. I've wanted to be a teacher. So that relationship to social media is so much more relaxed because I'm not trying to get anything out of it other than use it as a tool to serve. And so it's fun and it's just like beautiful and creative and I love working with my team to develop ideas and content to share and to give. And that has been why it's been joyful and not, and I also just, you know, enjoy being creative in that way.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. You can really feel that with your content, like you can feel that playfulness and that creativity coming through, which is really beautiful. Another thing that I get asked a lot about is comparison. And I wrote Comparisonitis, which you so beautifully wrote the foreword for. Beautiful book. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Tell me about, you know, does Comparisonitis come up for you and how do you move through it?
1: It really doesn't come up for me. Maybe it did a bit in my early career, but not much. I'm blessed to have contemporaries who I see as brothers and sisters and who have been really good support systems to me and promoters of me and vice versa. So there's not a feeling of of someone has something that I don't have. I also really stay in my lane. You know, I really, I'm on a mission. I'm not, I don't, I don't have to work anymore. I could stop working tomorrow. But my husband said this today on an interview with somebody. They were interviewing for a job with us. And he said, Gabby could win a lottery tomorrow and she would still be doing exactly what she's doing today. And so it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, for me, it doesn't feel like I'm trying to get anywhere. I'm just fulfilling a purposeful mission in this lifetime.
0: Mm, that is so beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. I love that so much. And so what's really lighting you up? What's exciting you so much right now in your business? Like what's really current for you right now? What's on your
1: heart? Well, I'm coming to you. I That's know. exciting. I'm, I'm coming back to Australia. I am so excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming back to uh, Sydney and Brisbane and Melbourne, and I'm going to be leading f- workshops on effortlessly manifesting and just really excited to reconnect with big groups of people in person. The last trip I had before COVID was to you, was in Australia, my talk in Sydney. And my best friend lives in Sydney. And so she's like my sister, truly. And to be able to go spend really deep time with her, even if it's only 10 days, but just to really be with her and her family. The thing that's bringing me the most joy right now, there's a few things. One is my child, who's just fucking awesome. (laughs) He's really cool. And it's really beautiful to witness the development of a small person's brain and their their experience of people and fear and you know everything from like how they experience violence to how they experience joy and new food it's really unbelievable and the other thing that's bringing me the the most joy right now also is I'm writing a new book and it's my tenth book and it's just I can't I just keep rushing to the computer I just want to. Get into it and get into it. I haven't gotten to the really hard part yet, um, so maybe that will change. But I'm I'm happy. I'm really excited to be in that space again. Oh, I'm so excited. Can you tell us a little bit about this book? Yeah, it's a book taking the therapeutic model, internal family systems therapy, which is something I've practiced for over a decade in my own therapy, and then something I've since been trained in. Very close friends with the founder of the of this therapeutic model. That's that's like sort of been an effect of me studying this and and feel very responsible to translate the principles of this therapy that's typically only offered in a therapy session in a way that is self-help. And so the title of the book is Self-Help. Actually, this is the first time I'm sharing that. And it's all designed around the self being your adult, resourced, undamaged, confident, courageous, compassionate, calm, internal parent, the internal leader, taking care of all of the child parts of us that get so activated all the fucking time, right? So we've got you know the addicted parts of us, and we've got the challenged parts of us, and the mom parts of us, and all the fearful parts of us. And they don't have a leader. They don't have a parent. And there is a source within us that can parent those younger child parts. And so that part, that's called self with a capital S. And so I'm writing the book, Taking the model, making it self help. And the title is Self Help. Mm, Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to read that. I think I've
0: read every single one of your books. They're all brilliant. So I'm really excited for this. We've spoken a little bit about internal family systems on the podcast. I personally have done it with my therapist and absolutely love it. I think it was such a light bulb for me, like learning about these different parts. Like, I'm like, why was I never taught this? You know, I was like, my mind was completely blown when I first heard my therapist talk about it. I was like, wow. And it's literally changed the way in which I work with myself, with my husband, like the way that I do everything, just understanding it, the way that I talk to my daughter, the way that I talk to my stepson, yeah. like it's literally changed everything. So I am so glad that you are writing a book and modernizing
1: it and gabbyifying it and sharing it with this generation. And democratizing it because people need it and not everybody has access to therapy. So here we go.
0: That's amazing. So you've got your book, you've got the Australian tour, which um, I will link to in the show notes, which is going to be absolutely amazing. I'm so excited for that. I'll be at Brisbane cheering you on. It's going to be beautiful. I'd love to just quickly chat now on this transition from maiden to mother. Like you said, your son is four. I'm still like, you know, my daughter's almost two. I'm still in that transitional phase where I feel like, and this idea of maiden to mother, this matrescence, it's such a big transition and we don't speak about it enough. And women are left feeling like they're broken or what's wrong with me, all of these things. And like the way that I describe it is like there's a new version of you that's been birthed. There's like completely new version of yourself. And a lot of women try and go back to how they were, but it's not about going back. It's like you're literally wearing new clothes and you're like getting you – the way that I describe it is like you're putting on different clothes that you've never worn before and different shoes. And you're like, hang on a minute, are these my clothes? I, I like them, but like, I don't know, they feel a bit different. And that's the adjusting phase or the adjusting period to this new version of yourself. And I just wanna hear how you have navigated that. And does it show up still for you now, this different version of you? And like, I'd just love to hear how you've navigated it and
1: what it's been like well the first year was the hardest year of my life because i almost died really i was i had suicidal postpartum depression and anxiety and insomnia and it turned out to be the greatest blessing of my life truly but taking several months to actually get a diagnosis and then several more months to actually get properly medicated to get to get well i um really suffered and really struggled so that was so there wasn't really like a period in that first year of even having the ability to even contemplate what the transition was because it just went from like wanting to die to trying to build my, to get back to life, right? So all the while, you know, launching a book and like whatever, <laughs> it's really crazy. When I look back on it, I just, I can't even believe that I lived through that, that I survived that. And so, you know, I really want to give postpartum mamas the, the voice to whether you've had a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or you're just stressed out and you're or you're just having this like this crisis of who am i now it's really hard and we all deserve more support we have needed a lot more support for moms here in america a woman went into postpartum psychosis she had a few children and she she it's not a good story she took the children's lives and it's the baby too, and, and herself. And it was psychosis. I mean, no mother wants to do that. And that's a real thing. And we don't talk about these things. And the self help book authors can have suicidal depression after having a baby. And, you know, it's like, yes, and, and, and. So I think it's really important to just really elevate this conversation. We're so glad that you're talking about it and just asking about it and just being truthful about it because so many mamas just don't talk about it. And, we not only have this sort of new version of who we are and figuring that out, and I think it does take a few years to really start to get that balance. I mean that. I really mean that. It's not to, year two. I don't think it's going to set in. And the longer you have a child, the more balance you create in your life. And then the older they get, the more balance there is literally, right? So I like, guess I mentioned earlier, but I, I just, I, I really think it takes a lot of time. And I think that especially. If you haven't had experience with children earlier in your life, and and then that goes back to the more personal growth work you do for yourself, the easier it will be to become a parent and be a great parent. And the more you educate yourself on the parenting models that you believe in, the easier time you'll have parenting your child. Yes, absolutely. Do you feel like you'll write some parenting books? I feel like they're Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to write self-help, this first book, and then I'll write self-help for parents and self-help for kids and self-help for relationships. And so that's the plan.
0: Mm, So good. It's so needed. I remember when I first became a stepmother, which was 10 years ago, I remember searching for conscious parenting books and even like conscious step parenting books, there was nothing on step parenting, nothing. There was one book called, I think, Step Monster. And I was like, well, that's definitely not what I want to embody. But there wasn't any like conscious models of parenting. And I remember searching and this was like very early, like before podcasts. So I feel like there just needs to be more. There needs to be Other alternatives for us. Otherwise, we'll just parent the way that we were parented by default. And for me, you know, that's not the way that I want to parent. I want to parent in a
1: different way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we, the more we think about that and not just be like, oh, I'm going to figure it out as I go, you know, the more thoughtful intention we put into how we want to parent, the, the more fun it is. It's just the bottom line. You might need to write that step parent book. Yeah,
0: definitely. I get asked about it so much. Like people reaching out to me on social media, like, I'm now a stepmom, please help me, like, point me in the right direction. Because it is, it is another entirely different thing. You know, it's very different to becoming a mother. A stepmother is a very different thing. And it comes with its own beauties and bigness and challenges. But totally. yeah, it's, it's, it is huge. I remember having Glennon Doyle on the podcast and her partner, Abby, is a stepmother. And Glennon was saying, Abby is my hero. All stepmothers are my heroes. The way that Abby just comes in and like takes on that role and you get no recognition, yet you're, you've got the parenting hat on, but you don't really have the recognition. Like It's just huge. Abby's a really committed mom.
1: She really is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's so beautiful. So I'm glad that you'll be writing some more conscious parenting books. Apart from a couple of the people that you mentioned before, who are some of the other parenting gurus that you pull your inspiration from?
1: Well, I I love Shafali and Dr. Shafali and as you mentioned I'll be doing some some interview with her for her next book launch. I think Shafali has a beautiful spiritual approach to parenting and you know my 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 real guru is Dan Siegel, and he's just and well, I got to give a lot of credit back to Dr. Becky. I mean, I've had her on my podcast a few times. She's really great. I would really recommend people follow Dr. Becky on Instagram,
0: yeah. I've had Dr. Shafali and Dan Siegel on the podcast, but i haven't I haven't uh, explored a lot of Dr. Becky. Oh, yeah, I'll put you in touch with her. Yes. I'll put you in touch with her. yeah, yeah. I'd love to. If, if, if it's similar to Shafali and Dan, like, mm-hmm. I think I would mm-hmm. love it. But I'm like you, I'm always learning and I'm wanting to be the best parent that I can be and wanting to continue to grow and do the internal work. And I think that's really important. And then when we find people and teachers that we resonate with, devour their work and implement it into your life.
1: That's right. That's exactly right.
0: Yeah, I love that. Gabby, what is your morning routine at the moment? I asked you this last time and I love hearing about how people prime themselves for their day. What is your flow at the moment? Now that your son who is just, you know, when you do share the tiny little bits of like his hands or the back of his head, I'm like, oh, he's so cute. Even though I can't see his face, I'm like, he's so cute.
1: He has red hair. He has my face and red hair. So there you go. But like really beautiful brown red hair. It's so gorgeous. What? So. <laughs> And forgive me because I have my husband texting me, where's dinner for Oliver? So I'm going to have to go do that in a second, which is totally appropriate in this conversation. Totally.
0: I get it, babe. So,
1: <laughs> but my morning routine is different now because I have a child. So I get woken up by my child at six o'clock in the morning. I've never had to set an alarm ever again. And sometimes he's like sitting on my face and being like, get get up, mommy. And then uh, we'll cuddle a little bit. I will then sort of we do a nice handoff, my, my husband and I, so he'll take care of him for a little bit. And I'll take a bath and I'll set my intentions for the day. And I do a four-step process, which I call my daily design method. And I ask myself, how do I want to feel today? Who do I want to be today? What do I want to give today? And what do I want to receive today? And just asking myself those four questions gives me the intention for my day. And it sets me up in a way that's just super high vibe and really caring for the highest and best parts of who I am and letting them come forward from the get-go. I love that. That's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Isn't it interesting how our morning routines definitely shift when you have kids? Oh yeah. Okay. I've just got three little rapid fire questions for you. Are you ready? Yep. What is one thing we can do today for our health?
1: become willing to change whatever it is that we believe we need to change whether it's something mental health or physical health have the willingness to change what's
0: one thing that we can do for our wealth so more abundance in all areas of our life
1: do whatever it takes to release the beliefs that hold you back from abundance
0: and what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life love ourselves a lot more (laughs) absolutely absolutely Gabby, I love this little express catch up with you. And, that was so nice. It's so fun. And to promote your amazing tour, I'm going to see you in Brisbane. I love any time that I get to spend with you. Thank you again for writing the beautiful little quote on the front of Time Magic, my latest book. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any last parting words of wisdom?
1: Just mainly that I'm really excited to be with the Australian audience because your community are really, really so appreciative when people come right and also just super high vibe so i'm so excited to come back and uh i hope to see everybody in uh all in brisbane and sydney and melbourne yeah to make that happen yeah
0: babe we can't wait to have you back here you're always such a light when you come here so we are pumped thank you for being here thank you for being you gabby you are such a goddess i love and adore you thank you so much
1: thank you my love I
0: hope this conversation has inspired you to really tune in with yourself for every decision that you make, not just for your children, but for yourself and really ask yourself what feels right and true for me. And I also hope this conversation has inspired you to check out some of those other incredible conscious parenting experts and dive into their work. They have books, they have programs. They do speaking events and really continue to educate yourselves on what it means to be a heart-centered, soulful, conscious parent. Because the children that are coming through now, these children, they need us to rise. They need us to continue to do the internal work. So continue to learn and grow and evolve and go within even deeper. And that is only going to support the growth of your relationship with your kids. So I hope you got a lot out of this conversation. And if you did, please subscribe to the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. It also means that all of my episodes will pop up in your feed so that you never have to go searching for a new episode. Now, come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini what you got from this episode. I'd love to hear your biggest key takeaway. Now, before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.